You're listening to Senior Style Guide's Real Talk Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Black. We hope you enjoy today's episode and be sure to hit that follow button so we can connect. Michelle Cuppy here from Michelle Cuppy Photography. Hey, Hello. hey. We are heading into the next episode and we're going to talk about law of attraction. How do you identify your ideal client? And when you find them, what happened to your business? That's mm. a tall order, Michelle, your ideal client. That's like, I don't know about you, but I just didn't wake up, start my photography business and go, oh, this is my ideal client. Did you? No. No, not at all. And I love this topic because I've had such a journey to find who my ideal client was. Um, When I first started in photography, I came across maybe, you know, a few different blogs and maybe a course that talked about how to get clients. And it seemed like right out of the gate, everybody was saying, first thing you have to do, the very first thing you have to do is figure out who your ideal client was. Okay. One second. Yeah. So you have to figure out who your ideal client is, but you just opened your business and you don't even know your style. Yeah. You may not even know your client base because if that's the case, I started out shooting in a dog bakery. <laughs> what? So... Uh, did you say dog bakery? A dog bakery. What is that? I would go to this dog bakery about an hour away. And once a month, I would people could bring their dogs in and I would photograph their dogs. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I, clearly that's not my style. Right. But, but it's an evolution. Exactly. So I think that's what we should talk about is the evolution. Yeah. And maybe... You don't have to know who your ideal client is the day you open your doors. And maybe over the years, your ideal client can change. So that's why I think that saying to somebody who's just opened up a business, the first thing you have to do is figure out who your ideal client is not the right thing to say. It can be helpful if you can steer them in that direction, but I think it's a tall order. I mean, at least it was for me. Maybe I just don't catch on as quick. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently I don't either because... I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I tried to sit down and like, there were all these like, I remember, I think there was like this workbook or something. I can't remember, but I was supposed to list off like, where does this person shop? Uh, What do they like to do for fun? Oh, my favorite is what keeps them up at night? Okay. How am I supposed to know? And I just opened my business. What keeps... The people up at night that I want to work with. Well, were you niche down? Did you just no. start out doing seniors? Because your ideal client is going to change from each genre of photography. Well, yeah, there's that too. I guess I, I guess I'm referring to when I decided, you know, I'm going to just do seniors, um, because I started. I did not start out doing seniors. I started out um, just taking pictures for my friends' kids. Um, 
so family photography transitioned into senior photography. And so when I was doing that transition, I was very interested in how to make that transition. So I think that's why I was kind of like looking for answers. And I remember feeling pretty lost, actually, when I came across like questions like that and how to answer them. I do not know where they shop. I, do, I don't know any of these things. Heck, Which I don't know why. where I'm going to shop from day to day. <laughs> I mean, what keeps me up night to night is different depending on what's going on in my life. So, um, well, I think those kinds of concepts can be helpful to think about in broad terms. I don't think that day one, I was ready to develop an avatar of who my ideal client was, what their name was, where they went shopping, um, what they want to do in the next five years. I, w I wasn't ready. I didn't know. So for me, it was a little bit of an evolution. And I had to kind of get in there and start getting in the trenches and meeting people and working with different clients to find out which clients I really jived well with and why I jived with them. Did you have any photography crushes? Because I know I did. And that steered the direction in the beginning mm. towards them but it wasn't me. I had to back away. Over the years, I've had a couple different photography crushes. And um, I think in the beginning, it's really easy to become kind of obsessed with certain people, you know, yeah, right? you read every blog post, you yeah. check everything. Yeah. And I think that, that why that is, is because you haven't developed your own style yet. So when you haven't developed your own style, what you're looking for is someone who's successful. And when you find somebody who's successful and <clears throat> excuse me, you like their work, um, it can be really tempting to want to try to emulate them. And I don't think that that's necessarily like a terrible thing because I've learned a lot from emulating photographers. Um, I liked the way they did their styling or I liked their lighting. And so I went about trying to figure out like how I could recreate that and through that process, I learned better lighting skills, you know, so that helped me grow as a photographer. But there's a downside to that. And the downside to emulating other photographers is that it makes it really hard for you to grow in your business and in your art. And the reason that is, is because when you are trying to be like somebody else, it doesn't leave space for you to grow. And you're always chasing them. It's not like you're being authentic. And what if the internet went down today? I say this all the time. <laughs> if you're following and emulating and hanging on what other people are doing and you're not figuring out what you want to do and what fuels your creative soul, you're going to be stuck because you can't watch them anymore. But yet they're off doing their business because they're being their authentic self. Right. And which is why their business is exploding and yours isn't. Exactly. Because you're not doing you. Right. So you're looking to them saying, wow, they're really exploding. Um, I need to go be them. But what doesn't work is, or, or the reason it's not going to work for you is because it's not you. Right. And um, if you're not authentic, your client isn't going to be authentic. Yeah. You're not going to attract your ideal client ever. You're never going to know what it is. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And so 
On the flip side, though, being true to who you are and being authentic, um, I don't think that there's a better strategy for huge growth in your business. I mean, you can do all the things, all the marketing, read all the books. Um, but if you aren't creating from your heart and your soul and what compels you and drives you and brings you passion, then it's always going to fall a little flat. Absolutely. And you're not going to be open to receive the education that's out there if you don't even know who you are. Yeah. So tell me about it. Let's hear how you found um, your ideal client. Okay. So I, the first year that I was out, I was just kind of like grasping at straws and just, you know, um, I found a photographer in the industry that was doing really well and she had a ton of educational material. Um, so I kind of delved into that and not just business material, but she also had material on posing and lighting and stuff like that. So um, I really worked on that for a lot. And in very short order, my work started looking exactly like hers, not surprisingly. Um, so that worked for a while and I did attract, you know, clients. I mean, it was pretty and, you know, the, the lighting was good. And um, obviously you were drawn to it for a reason. Yeah. No, I mean, it was it was good work um, and it worked for for the time that it worked for. Um, I started my model team based on that work that I was producing. And, um, and you know, I got some really great girls on the team. So during the process of having that team for that year, I got to shoot with all the different girls on the team. And I was finding myself more and more drawn to one girl in particular. And this is a girl who, um, had some very unique qualities. So I would say that I would describe her as being someone who was very into fashion, um, very like artistic. She herself was um, either into drawing or painting or both. Um, kind of like more of an introverted, quiet soul. Um, I just, I guess I just saw myself in her and I found it very easy to work with her. Um, so I started working with her a little bit more outside of the team um, rather than just on the team outings. And I did do that with other girls too. I didn't totally single her out, but I did find myself being more creative when I was working with her just because the vibe was working and we were able to produce like some kind of like extra cool stuff. Um, so that's when I started like first getting my inkling into what I was drawn to, but I had to start by working with a lot of different people before I could really figure out what was going to be my groove. Um, so I guess to just like expand on that as far as like her posing and everything, she was very, um, open to doing like very editorial work that looked like it was, you know, um, in a magazine. And, and so it became really obvious to me that I wanted to do more of that kind of work, but I was still working with seniors. So 
I had to make sure that I was like appealing to both. So I'm doing editorial work, but I'm also trying to make mom happy and do the cutesy poses in the field. And I'm also trying to bring in more clients. So I'm continuing to post and and do stories and you know all my marketing material is very geared towards um happy bright colorful imagery because that's what i thought people wanted and um so again that kind of worked for a while um but over time i just found that i felt uninspired I felt uninspired by my own work and everything that I was putting out there. Um, well, I guess maybe not everything, not a hundred percent, but a lot of the work I was putting out there, I just felt like kind of embarrassed by, and it's not that it was like terrible work. I mean, people were telling me it's beautiful and we love it, but I was embarrassed by it. And I wondered like, why am I so embarrassed? Like what is wrong with me? Um, but every once in a while I would, I would work with, you know, someone who again was like really artistic and into doing like some really different stuff. And I just loved, I was so proud of that stuff. I was so happy to put it out there. And, um, I guess I started just really, I guess, thinking about how I felt putting this work out there versus other work. And slowly but surely, I started gaining like more and more comfortability in being really authentic and truthful about what it is I wanted to be producing. And once I did that, like really just kind of threw caution to the wind and said, forget about like what I think people want to see and produce what it is that I actually want to create then all of a sudden, like, it's so weird. All of my ideal clients started showing up. And I don't know. So I guess I should say that I kind of found it by accident. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And and I bumbled into mine as well. Mine are community service oriented and, you know, they want to give back as much as possible. And and like we've discussed, I I found them by putting on a charity teen fashion show. And in the five years we did the show, we raised $25,000 for anti-bullying education. And I continue to keep getting the like-minded clients because that is my core. I went to where I'm comfortable. And once I was comfortable, then I was able to attract the client that is going to gel with me. And that's, you know, it was by accident all because I wanted to do a charity teen fashion show. I found my ideal client. Oh, wow. That's see, that's, that's really cool. And I think that kind of is similar to how I found my ideal client. It was just kind of like by getting out there and, and doing work and finding like what excited me. But as you were saying that, it just like, I had this kind of like flashback moment actually. And, um, I can remember like early on, you know, reading other people's websites and, you know, stuff like that. And I could totally see someone saying like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, community oriented girls who are into chair, you know, like 
right? Like, I mean, that's who you're looking for and you could put that out there and, you know, seeing you be successful with that. And then in turn, like maybe thinking like, well, maybe I should put that out there, you know, like this is who I'm looking for. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get awesome clients like Vicky has. But the problem with that is that it doesn't come from within. And so every single time you are pulling something from what somebody else is doing, instead of pulling it from your own experiences and your own, like you discovered that because you put on this charity event and it was exciting and it was fun. And there's a story behind it. And there's a reason why you love working with those kinds of girls. If you just come out of nowhere and you're just like, this is what I'm looking for. Like it feels inauthentic as ever. And I think that it's easy to think like, oh, you know, like how, how do they know the difference? But people do. Oh, they can tell. The energy shift is huge. And it's lacking the secret sauce, which is you, your authentic self. Wow. This is so deep, Vicki. <laughs> <laughs> so when you found yourself in the position of, you know, a photographer or photographers that you admired and your work started looking like theirs and not yours. Mm. What did you do? Did you do a photographer time out? Did you, I mean, how did you- I had to break up. You had to break up? Okay. Yeah. And maybe, you know, a photographer time out works too. Um, it depends on how, how deep you have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can think of one photographer in particular that I, um, I, I went pretty deep with because I was, I mean, and, you know, I think it says a lot to like who she is. Um, I, I love this photographer as a person. I love her work. I love her business model. I mean, she's just the jam in my opinion. Um, unfortunately, when I found her, I was in a place where I was still looking for what I wanted. And so when I found her, I was like, there it is. You know, like literally that is exactly what I'm looking for. I thought at the time, you know, um, so it became very difficult for me to not want to emulate, um, because I just loved everything that she was doing. Um, you were stalking and you couldn't get enough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, I was a stalker. Um, and I don't think that there's, I think there's a time and a place for it. Um, it, it really, it really comes down to when you, when you realize you've gotten there, what do you do with that? Yeah. That it, owning it is the first step to finding your ideal client. I've, I've had a few moments where I've been a stalker for a few photographers in the beginning. Yeah. And I think it's really normal. I don't Absolutely. think that- It's nothing shameful. No. So I, I don't want to be out there shaming anybody at all. Um, we've all done it. And there's still, I mean, I guess now that I, I'm much more solidified in who I am, um, I have a lot of photographers that I follow and I'll save their work and occasionally go back and be inspired by it. But I do not have one photographer that I I obsess over at all. And um, anyway, kind of going back to your question about, you know, that particular photographer that I'm thinking of, I had to kind of like just break up with them in my mind. Um, 
and maybe for other people, you don't have to go that far. You can just take like a little week long time out and you just like reset. But I'm much of, I'm much more of a, of a all or nothing kind of person sometimes. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to really do it. And I'm like, I am not letting myself have anything to fall back on. Like it is, it's time for you to stand on your own two feet. And anytime I went to, you know, look at that person's work, um, I found myself getting kind of sucked in. And so if I was ever going to stand on my own two feet, like I had to just like walk away. And of course, this person has no idea of any of this, That right? you love them that much that you had to leave them. I loved them that much. Yes, Vicki. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm so glad I did because it really allowed me to have the space to explore what I wanted and, and how I wanted it to work. And, you know, like I said, thank God that I did because I'm so happy now being able to be my true self. There is nothing more um, exciting than being able to just completely be yourself. I love it. So it took you from when you realized your ideal client, it changed your business in the way that you basically went from the senior industry to. Oh, okay. Yes. My I'm transitioning and and just kind of like thinking back. Um, I think the first thing was finding the girl that, that was on my model team that I really jived with, which then, you know, led to me eventually having to break up with the photographer that I liked so much, which then led to me really, you know, honing my own style, which eventually led to me realizing that my place probably isn't in senior photography anymore. And, um, I will always take on senior clients because there are those people who see my work and who are so drawn to it and they happen to be high school seniors and they want to work with me. And that is fantastic. And I love that. I mean, those, I mean, we're talking about like ideal client, like on steroids, like this person knows exactly what I do and they are obsessed and they want that for their senior photos, which is fantastic. That's what you want, right? Um, but I do find that I'm probably not everybody's cup of tea for, for most senior pictures. So that's why I'm kind of transitioning right now. And it's, it's a big change for me. I know, but you only had this change. You only evolved because you were authentic and found your ideal client. Oh my god. Otherwise, gosh. where would you be? Still if- trying to like just be whoever. Like, yeah. And that would have so totally limited me because I would have never um grown into my business that I'm in now. Ever. You'd still be beating your head against the wall trying to be some version of who you thought others thought you should be. Yeah. And not you. Wow. That is, it's kind of sad to think about, but yeah, that is, that is true. Um, you know, I think it's, it's easy to question your abilities, especially like as a new photographer. Um, am I good enough? You know, like all those questions. Does my work look like them? I can remember a photography group. It was a little private group and 
they used to make fun of me because Why? I would change my website every six months, oh my, my photography gosh. website. Cause like, Oh, yellow and gray are the hot colors this time. <laughs> Everything right. must be yellow and gray. Oh, wait a minute. I got to have pink. Oh, wait a minute. I've got to have whatever new color it is. They're like, who are you? I mean, they didn't hide it. It was a group of 12 people. They're like, what is up with Vicki Black? She's over there changing her website again. I'm in the group, people. I can see this, you know? <laughs> and they were right. Yeah. I I had no clue. My watermark, oh my God, there are so many iterations of my watermark out there. I haven't changed my watermark since 2014. Wow. Well, I just changed my logo and I do not have it up yet, but this is another really cool example of being yourself. So my original logo that I had was based on advice as to, you know, what kind of logo to have based on what kind of client you want. It had nothing to do with me. Um, and my new logo was created over a period of about three months with a designer who literally spent hours getting to know me and eventually translated who I am into a freaking logo. And it's crazy. Like she actually pulled it off and I'm so proud of it. And it's just a logo, but I can promise you that when people come to my website and that's the logo they see, they're going to feel very different than what they felt when they first saw my logo before. Not that it was like such a huge turnoff or anything, but it's got to, it hits you evolved di- again, it hits different, very right. different, a different client base because you know, your client base. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And um, a good brand design person will be able to take you and translate it onto the screen. Yeah. Um, when she returned my my logo options, I was floored. I was like, I don't know how you did that. Like, you really did somehow, like, take my personality and, like, turn it into a, a logo. And that was so cool. But, I mean, we talked about, like... My childhood, for goodness sakes. I mean, I don't know if every designer needs to go that deep, but she was, we just really um, had a good, you know, a good relationship kind of from the get-go. I just like her as a person. Um, but I love what you said, you know, like it it does, everything about my business now is different than it was three years ago in that everything now goes really through me. When you see my work on Instagram or my website or anything, like I can promise you that all is like straight from my heart. None of that is me trying to be someone I'm not. And that makes such a huge difference. That hits me in all the feels right now because when you you touched on the brand and the logo, Senior Style Guide has had a few websites in the day. I mean, we're going to be 10 this month. We're going to be an entire decade old. Wow. So from beginning to now, we've had some good designers. But the key thing, and this is about finding your ideal client, being your authentic self, they would say, how do you see it? 
And my answer would always be if so-and-so and so-and-so were married. <laughs> it wasn't about me. It was about other people. You know, I want my website to be the baby of what they would create. You know, it'd be from different genres. It was always two people from different genres, but it was never about me and my vision. Mm. And the designer we have today didn't accept that as an answer. Mm. She wanted to know how I saw Senior Style Guide. And I love it. Everything is married together perfectly. Everything pulls through. And it's important because I know my vision. I know what the next few years are going to look like for Senior Style Guide. But you had to open yourself up and be a little vulnerable to do that, oh, right? Crazy you know? vulnerable. I mean, I think that's I think that really is what it boils down to is um and I don't I don't, when I say vulnerable, I don't mean like getting on social media and airing, you know, like how much like, you know, how much crap you've had to deal with your life or, you know, anything like that. That's not the kind of vulnerability I'm talking about. I'm talking about opening yourself up and allowing who you are to really shine through. And it's a lot harder than it sounds. Oh, it's impossible. It's painful because we put all these protective shields up mm -hmm. around ourselves. Yeah. And you're never going to attract your ideal client until you're authentic. But I promise you, if you can just let some of those walls down and trust me, I had a really hard time doing it. I had so many walls up to protect myself from rejection or from this, that, or the other thing. But letting my walls down has been the most freeing experience. And I love, I just love where I'm at with, with all of that. Yeah, because the walls insulated you. If you let the walls down and you let that shine through in your business, and your business fails. And what's I say about you yeah. in your mind? It's totally backwards, but in your mind, this is on a loop. Yes. Yep. yep and so yep. the walls are up tight. They're going to withstand Ooh. any tornado, anything. They're not coming down. And that's also preventing you from attracting your ideal client. Oh my gosh. Like, do you have a psychology degree? I do. <laughs> and a sociology degree. Oh my gosh. I just like all of a sudden felt like you should be a therapist. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> previous life. Six months of my previous oh, life. Oh my gosh. How funny. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, I just totally agree with that. And I never really thought about it, how you just like put it out there, but but that's really why we keep the walls up, right? Because if we let them down and then people are like, oh my God, that's ugly or that, I don't want anything to do with that. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess I'm a bad person or I'm not worthy. Um, well, as a creative, what's the main Achilles heel? Rejection. Yeah. We're emotionally tied to everything as a creative. Our work, our images, if they're rejected, it's the end of the world. Wonder if we're not chosen. Yeah. Even though it could be amazing, it just may not be the time for it. Well, I think we did another podcast on uh, on rejection. So if, if that's hitting a chord with you, go listen to that podcast because exactly. it's all about how to take rejection and failure and and 
fuel, fuel it, it yeah. to propel yourself forward because there is going to be that. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, okay, you're going to put yourself out there. Then everybody's going to be like, you're amazing. I love your work. No, there's going to be people who are going to turn away and be like, I don't like that. And no, I don't want to do business with you or whatever. I mean, it's usually not that severe, but it, it can happen. And, you know, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to just then say, well, see, I never should have put myself out there like that. Or are you going to take that and use it as fuel to prove them wrong? If you don't embrace the no, you're never going to grow. Yep. And just because someone doesn't agree with you or you're not chosen, there's an education in that if you're open and willing to receive it. You know, go back, look, go back, study what they want and then grow from that. Don't give up. Don't be mad. Don't stomp off mm-hmm. because it's easy to want to go and gravitate towards the people that are always going to cheer you on and it may not be authentic. Right. They might just love you. Yeah. And, and don't want to hurt you. And they don't want to hurt you. But if you hear no and you retreat and get all upset or if you hear if you don't get chosen or something, you're missing an opportunity. Yeah, I I just could not agree with you more. I, I think, you you know, getting a little philosophical here, but I, mean, I always do. I'm sorry. It's I my do, go-to. too. No, I do, too. <laughs> that's the problem. Like I could just like go all day, but I'm just going to say this one thing and, and then we can wrap up. But. I guess just like ask yourself, is this whole experience called life about everybody like telling me I'm amazing and that I don't need to do anything to change? Or is this experience a growing process? And I think once you realize it actually is a growing process, um, you, you're not so tied into the failures because you think, oh, okay, oh, here's a really good way of looking at life and this whole experience and growing a business is look at it as a classroom. And if something goes wrong, say, oh, okay, clearly I need to look, go back and do a little more studying and relearn this lesson before I take this test again. Yeah, you're not going to get an A plus no. every time you out of the gate. no. No, you're not going to walk into first grade knowing how to read college level literature either. No. So where's the growth? Just because you're, you know, out of high school and out of college doesn't mean the growing stops. In fact, I think sometimes it accelerates emotional and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's emotional intelligence. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Are you willing to grow? Are you going to stay back and not find your authentic self and attract your ideal client? Find your authentic self. That's my advice. (laughs) Exactly. Go searching high and low until you find them. I love that. Okay, guys. What's your law of attraction? How do you identify your ideal client? And how has it changed your business? Michelle and I want to hear from you. And we want to know just what your journey has been, what it's about, and where you're going. We'll talk to you again on the next episode. That's a wrap for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. 
We realize there are so many podcasts out there that you have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you are joining us and giving up a part of your day and ultimately just joining in on part of the conversation and the community. In addition, make sure you are joining us over on Facebook in the Senior Style Guide group, where photographers from across the globe contribute, give their input and their advice, and share their experiences to help other photographers grow and learn. We would love for you to join us over there as well. We look forward to seeing you become part of the conversation. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that. It makes sure you keep up to date on all the content that we are putting out there. And we have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you throughout the year from industry leaders and members of the Senior Style Guide community. Thank you for joining us, and we cannot wait to have you as part of our community and listening to future episodes.